horse trailer. And he, he came out. Uh, Uncle Raymond was inside. I went out to see who was coming down the driveway. He said, uh, Raymond Newton here? I said, yeah, he's inside. What do you need? He said, uh, I'd like to uh, demonstrate uh, my ability to break a horse because I want to use his ranch. He said, there, there are no ranch hands here, are there? I said, well, it's just Uncle Raymond, and uh, I, I'm not sure he's going to want to watch you break a horse. He said, well, can you ask him? And so I did. Uncle Raymond came out, and, and he said, uh, we don't even use the term break a horse. We don't want a broken horse. Who wants a broken anything? The guy said, well, you, you know what I'm talking about. And he said, yeah, I'm afraid I do, son. And he said, well, I, wanna, I want you to watch me buck this horse out. He said, I, I ride rough stock in rodeos. And he said, yeah, I'm not interested in rough stock. And, um, and I'm not interested in you climbing up on a horse uh, with those scobs on. And uh, the guy you know, acted like, oh, this old man doesn't know what he's talking about. Little did he know mm -hmm. that Uncle Raymond knew uh, infinitely more than he would ever know about horses. And so uh, Uncle Raymond said, whose horse is it? He said, oh, lady down the road, uh, he, he's a bad one to buck and mean, and and uh, she hired me to, to buck him out, and I thought I'd come down here because rumor has it that you have all these working corrals, nobody's using them. He said, well, I'm using them. I just don't buck horses out, but this is my ranch, and I'm not looking for any employees. And he said, well, would you at least watch me? He said, no. I said, I'm not interested in watching you hurt that horse. And this guy said, this horse is mean. Uncle Raymond said, says who? The guy says, says the woman that he almost killed. And he says, Un unload the horse. Let, let me talk to it. And the guy looked at me like, let me talk to it. And unload the horse, let me talk to it. And he unloaded this big old strong gilding. And Raymond went over there and, and, and just got close to it. And they exchanged breath. And he was looking at the eye. And turned around. He said, son, this horse is not mean. This horse is scared and he has been hurt. And when you're scared and hurt and weigh 1,500 pounds, that can be mistaken for being mean. The guy said, well, I don't know about that. And he said, yeah, I know you don't know about that. I know about that. I've been doing this for a number of your lifetimes. Uh, Uncle Raymond was 88 at the time. And so the guy says, so you, you don't want to, you don't want to watch me work with it. He said, I don't mind watching you work with it, but I don't want you to get up there and hurt it. He said, I'll tell you what, we'll go out in the round pen. And he said, uh, I'll, I'll show you how to connect with this horse, because obviously you have no idea. So this guy's looking at me like, oh, the old guy's half a bubble out of plum. And we went out to his round pen, and Uncle Raymond said, uh, take off your, your spurs. I said, I, I only ride with spurs. He said, then load the horse back up. This is my ranch. We're going to do it. We're going to do it my way. So take off your spurs. Guy took off his spurs. And he's looking over at me like, oh, brother. And he said, actually, he said, take off your boots, too. The guy said, are you serious? He said, yeah, I'm serious. You, you, you don't need boots to ride this horse. 
He said, I'm going to hold him and you climb up on him. He said, I don't need you to hold him. He said, I'm going to hold him while you climb up on him. He trusts me. He doesn't trust you. He said, climb up on him. The guy climbed up on him. This guy had been riding rough stock in rodeos, right? The guy climbed up on him and he's rolling his eyes at me like goofy old man. And, and Raymond's doing a, his magic with this horse. He said, let me tell you what this gilding's going to do. <clears throat> you can feel he's already humped up. You know, that's just, they call it humpy when they're just trying to decide whether or not to buck. He said, you can feel he's all humped up. And he said, I want you to just slowly ride her on the outside of this, this pen. And he said, it, it'll probably take two, two rounds, maybe two and a half. And then he's going to take a big breath and blow and the hump's going to come out of his back because he will have decided that you're at least for now trustworthy and he's not going to have to buck you off immediately. The guy said, oh, yeah, that's what's going to happen. Uncle Raymond said, yeah, that's what's going to happen. So the guy started off around the round pen. One lap. Two, <laughs> when he's on the far side, Dave, this, this kid doesn't know nothing about horses. He thinks he knows about horses. He doesn't know nothing about horses. <laughs> one time around the pen, one second time around the pen, two and a half times, that horse stopped, took a big breath, blew it up, and the hump came out of his back, and that, that cowboy almost fell off of that horse. He came back around, and he said, Mr. Newton, how did you know that's going to happen? He said, son, I know horses. He said, if you're going to stay in this business, you need to get to know horses. He said, if you would have uh, got up there and roughed that horse up, it would have been a fight between you and his 1,600 pounds of, of terror. And it would have been ugly. And whether or not you stayed on his back, you would both have lost. He said, listen, we're not supposed to break horses. We're supposed to connect with them and gain their trust. Now, that is the message for this morning. And one of the reasons I wanted Stephanie to share what she shared. Did you know there's a verse in the Bible in Ephesians where Paul says, I'm praying for you that you will understand that the will of God for you is good and pleasing and perfect in every way. When we don't think that, we walk humpy and are tempted to buck every time the master tries to do something on us or with us or through us. Hello and welcome back to episode 57 of Waking Up With Mel. How has everybody been? I hope you all had a happy Thanksgiving and a Merry Christmas coming up. If you don't know, Jesus was born September 11th, but let's celebrate him anyway. That's the way I look at it. A lot of people don't know what to do with anything anymore because, you know, we all know these are pagan holidays and this and that and the other. So I'm not going to throw them all out the window, but I do pray that the seasons and everything changes. This great awakening we are in and have been in for a very long time has been an interesting ride, don't you think? I'm starting this podcast with that gentleman his name is Dave. Pastor Dave is my favorite pastor by far hands down. Um, I really 
have been unfortunately out of the church scene for quite some time, I just can't seem to get on board. It just seems so corporate. There's no power in it. They never talk about anything that's important, like giants, like spiritual warfare, like demons, where they come from, how we get them, things like that. I feel like the church really needs to equip the saints with to understand how to battle and how to war and how to live through times like we're living in with actual joy and peace like God tells us we can and should have every single day. There's a reason God said do not fear 365 times in our Bible that we were left. And there's so many problems with our Bible that I feel like all the atheists or all the unbelievers, that's all they can focus on. And the problems aren't the accuracy because it's a very accurate book. It's historically and scientifically and mathematically accurate. But what's what's sad about it is the powers that be, I believe, in our world is the Roman Catholic Church and Vatican. Um, and I believe they took whatever text they wanted to out of our book to keep people in line, in control, uh, obedient to religions and not understanding the full power of Jesus and the full power of what he did on that cross for us. And when you take out books like Enoch and you take out books like Jasher and Jubilee and all these books, all you do is get part of a puzzle that's never fully complete. So then you end up having church leaders, like we just saw this week with the flat earth debate, fighting with each other about doctrine. That actually shouldn't be a fight because God's clear and especially he's especially clear about creation. He's clear about why he created us, how he created us, and in the image he created us, right? But one thing I don't think people are clear about, and I was not either until this week, I had this TikTok question, and it, it was about giants, right? Because I'm like, well, from what I can see, the Philistines, which is David and Goliath's story, the Philistine um, in that story, if you've never read the Bible, was Goliath. Goliath was a giant, and he uh, was scary to the Israelites, because by this time, the Israelites obviously weren't so giant. And... They, David killed Goliath with a rock and it's historical, right? I always assumed because of the verse in Genesis, after God created everything, he then goes into the fall of creation. And what it says is there were giants in those days. Yes. And afterwards, the sons of God came into the daughters of men and bore the mighty men, the men of renown, the men of old. So you go and you start to think about that. And I was always like, oh, in the... I always pictured Adam being six foot tall, the giants coming and them having like, you know, 10 foot tall people. But this is not what I am actually now believing. And and again, with all my podcasts and everything I say, you have your choice to believe whatever you want to believe. And going back real quick to the flat earth debate, if you did not see it, it was this pastor, uh, Greg, I think Locke is his name. And I should look it up to be sure because I don't want to slander somebody that's not an idiot. But this guy, in my opinion, he, he pastors need to be respectable people. And the first disrespectful thing this guy did in to his church and to which she should have stepped down for to be a humble servant of God and not a prideful one is he slept with his well married his wife's best friend. Now they're saying that they got divorced first and that la la. I don't really care the details. It's just gross. You know, you don't marry the secretary of your church and your wife's best friend. In my opinion, whatever. Like this is one of the reasons why people mock the church. 
because it's just what's better about a church that the pastor sleeping with wife's best friend and the slash secretary than the, what you see at the bar you know what I mean like it's just like there's no respect people that are outside of the church looking in that don't believe in God have no reason to turn to Jesus when people who supposedly follow Jesus act like these people right and then there's Dean Ordell who I love and so I'm going to be a little biased towards him because he is one of the major spokesperson on and I hate the word flat earth guys it's not flat it's the face God made the face of the earth. It says it over and over and over again. So yes, look at your own faces, valleys, hills, noses, mouths that open up and swallow people. Like it said, God, and and a lot of people are like, that's just figuratively speaking. That's the Greg Locke's opinion. Everything God says is just a figure of speech. But it's, God is not like that. He is like, when he says something, he means something. Just because we can't understand it with our eye or our ears, our eyes, you know, our senses, we think, oh, it's a lie. It can't be true. As a matter of fact, I saw some girl on TikTok the other day just basically mocking God. Like, yeah, everything he says doesn't come true now, does it? Blah, blah, blah. And one of her statements was, God said, when you eat the fruit, you shall surely die. And Adam didn't die. Well, I was reading, I believe in the book of Jubilees, but one of the many books that are biblically aligned that said the reason Adam died at 900 and some years old is because to God, one day is a million or a thousand years. So he didn't let any human ever live to a thousand years because that would have been one day. And God, Yahweh, is a God of his word. When Yahweh says something, Yahweh does it. And it does, and it's never on our time or on our human understanding. But when you really, truly can let go of your five physical senses and trust spirit, your hump will come out of your back. Your smile will come back. You'll take a deep sigh like that horse did. And you're going to learn to trust the master, the writer, right? He's guiding our lives, but we have, a, we have control. We, we have control. We are the horse. And if we let God, he, God doesn't want to break us. Satan does. So if we give our will and our way and turn our backs towards God, then guess who's going to write us? Satan. So it's our choice. And and I think I find it very interesting that people choose, especially in the time we're in, because the sports, this spiritual warfare is visible at this point. And if you don't see that, then wow, I, I, I don't even want to meet you because you must be spiritually dead and that's just a sad place to be because we are spiritual beings that should be spiritually awake to all spiritual things so with that said i started googling well how tall was noah and i couldn't find anything but then i started thinking well noah's ship was 450 feet because it was 300 cubits and a cubit is a foot and a half so if i'm doing my math right which i'm probably not but i could be it's 450 feet Okay, so if you need an ark 450 feet. I understand we got a lot of animals going in, but five humans, right? No, there's even numbers. So it was Noah, his wife, three sons, so six of eight humans, city of eight. I should have remembered that. Eight humans on that ark, and it's 450 feet. So that's a big stinking ark, and elephants and all that, like, we think of them as, you know, small creature. Who knows what was on that ark back then? Because I, you know, history is his story. If you don't understand right now this fact, because I just barely started understanding it, there's two timelines. There's his story 
and that is from the about whenever they took over America, really, like the 1400s ish, to you know, as they started taking over, so they started, oh, this building I built, blah, 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 blah. these buildings have been here for years and centuries since the beginning of time, I believe, most of them, and I believe they were built by the tribes that spread out at the beginning of time. And these old world buildings with free electricity and this and that, the people who took over and wrote his story, his story, and, and America starts about 1900s when they started taking over everything over here and killing all the people that lived here. When we say natives, they're natives to the land. They were here first. I don't know what they all look like, but I know there's tall ones and, and little ones. I know there's all shapes and sizes. So you go and the only text you can find that's lines up with the bible genesis wise is this islamic text which i don't believe the quran and you know kill doing jihad on people or anything like that but i believe every text especially ancient ones like the hebrew text and you know islam text and all those texts they all have source source truth in the in them and a lot of them get distorted, just like the Book of Mormon, just like all these other. But there's truth even in the Book of Mormon, right? And so Islamic text states in their Genesis, in the first book, that when God created Adam, he created him to be 90 foot tall. Have you ever thought of Adam being 90 foot tall? And then you start to think, why wouldn't he be? If he's created in the image of the exact image of God. You think God's a little six foot dwarf? <laughs> Why do we think that? I don't really know because they, well, I do know because they've taken ancient history, which they call prehistoric history, the real truth, and they hit it and they rewrote it to the way they want to teach you. So you can feel just like this flat earth thing, right? So we got Dean Ordell, we got this other Greg Locke dude, Instead of agreeing on scripture and edifying the church and teaching the truth, you got one guy who's uneducated in the subject, already has his mind made up, admittedly so, and has no desire to learn truth. He just thinks he already knows it and doesn't want to learn anything else. And so they get on this live debate on on YouTube and have it out. And this guy starts off as, you know what, I'm not even going to tell you. I'll play it because I made a TikTok about it because it's so freaking ridiculous how Christians act. And this is something, if you are a Christian and you're listening to this right now, we need to step up our game. We need to start uniting and stop acting like this. Stop fighting over everything. I, I This conversation I've tried to have with my own mom. And she has the same opinion as Greg because she has been indoctrinated, in my opinion, God bless you, mom, I love you, with the globe model. I have to say, everyone who is a face of the earth, biblical earth, quote unquote, flat earther, all once was a glober at one point, okay? We all were indoctrinated. And some of us, for me, read the Bible for the first time in my life and started being like, why does it say over and over we're on a firm foundation? Why does it say we have a firmament and there's waters below and above us? How is there a below and above if we're spinning around all around? And then I started Googling like what biblical earth would look like. And then I found out Enoch had a version. And so anyways, the whole point of telling all this, and I have a whole podcast about biblical earth if you want to go listen to it. But the whole point of me telling you this is when this debate happened, these are two respected 
pastors, right? One of them, like I said, I don't respect at all because he should have stepped down with that affair, but whatever. That's just my opinion. I'm and I'm not the I'm not the pastor. So it's his choice, but he acted so arrogant, this Greg dude, in this flat earth thing. And he acted so typical Christian that it made me want to throw up. So he starts off and I'm gonna play it now and then I'll play the end. Because I'll just let him speak for himself. Because it was just gross and all dean did was come with facts and truth and then he's like i don't care about what enoch says well you should you should care about giants and the spirits and all the things and enoch was seven to adam and supposedly the first person who ever wrote a book you should care about enoch because it's not in the bible as he would say the bible is 66 books you don't think it's weird vatican left us with 66 books only when there should be about 20 or 30 or maybe 40 more like and they're mentioned in the bible you read how do we look over that too like that's the problem with so many indoctrinated christians is we have been indoctrinated by someone a pastor whoever we think is you know god and and we don't read what god actually says and then we go in and try to interpret what god said instead of go to the hebrew like dean does Dean actually goes to the Hebrew text and tells you the actual translation or the meaning of the word. And if you don't know this, the King James version was translated by a king, King James. And guess what? He wanted certain words to be taken out to keep his authority, to make people think that he was, you should bow down to the government. I actually had that, that Bible verse thrown at me during COVID when I was like, don't wear a mask, don't give up your rights. Actually, Jesus said you should bow down or whatever. I was I was like, don't even try to throw the Bible at me, girl. Like you don't read it. You're a yoga teacher that worships God knows what and don't sit there and throw the Bible at me. And that's the problem is people do not read this book. And then they fight over a book they don't read. They fight over how accurate it is. They fight over all the things. And so if you just understand the Bible was put together after it was written, the Bible has the one that we have in America is 66 books by approximately 40 different authors. Okay. So these authors are backing each other up on other books they read, like Enoch. And they talk about these books in the Bible we're left with. So enough of these books. Oh, and then one more thing that I always hear Christians say, well, in Revelations, it says we shall not add to this book or take away from it. Guess who wrote the book of Revelation? John. So you should not add or take away from the book of Revelation because that book is complete because John wrote it and he wrote it complete. So don't change it. It's not talking about taking a book that was pulled out of the earliest versions of the Bible and reading it. <laughs> and the same people that will say don't read Enoch will go and they'll pull out a Harry Potter book and think that that's okay to read that because it's fake. Well, why don't you just read Enoch like it's fake and see if it wakes you up? Wakes you up. Before I play you, Greg, I do want to read a piece of Enoch while we're talking about it. And I'm going to talk about what I think happened at the fall. Okay, so as I started, if God created Adam enormous, 90 feet, and then according to the book of Enoch, after the giant uh, the angels fell, 200 of them to be exact as Enoch states, they pick wives for themselves. They bore 3,000 cubits human beings. So they went from 90 foot tall to 4,500 foot tall. That's as tall as the Empire State Building if you need to like have a visual. So if we're wondering how we got big buildings, 
beautiful buildings with big, huge archways and all the things that are ginormous to us. There's a reason. But there's also God created, if he created Adam 90 foot tall, then these giants are that were created from angels 3,000 feet tall or 3,000 cubits. So 4,500 feet tall. They (laughs) would take over, right? You would look like a grasshopper at 90 foot tall to somebody that's 4,500 foot tall. We have to understand our past because this, this Smithsonian, they've taken it away. They hid it and then they went and rearranged it and made it like there's all these dinosaurs walking around when they were really humans. And by the way, I did see a depiction of one dinosaur, the one with the, all the spikes on its back in an old um, ancient writing that they found in Turkey. And so I'm not saying I know everything about dinosaurs either. I'm just saying that they're not mentioned in that word in the Bible. Zero, not at all. But was there crazy creatures around? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do we see skeletons? Do I think there's a T-Rex? No, I don't. I don't think T-Rex existed. But again, I wasn't there. I don't know. But all I know is they don't tell us any truth. And if they have big old dinosaurs, why don't we have big old giant bones put together too for us to see so we could understand the history so we could understand where we all came from because we all come from the same place. We all come from Adam. We all then come from Noah and his kids. And that's where it starts to get interesting. I say interesting because as I was reading the book of Jubilees today, it was talking about the descendants of Noah and it was talking about how Japheth's kids. So Noah had three kids, Ham, Japheth and uh, Shem. It's, it looks like the line of Jacob, which was the chosen line, comes from Shem's line. Japheth was like the Gentiles, in, according to Jubilees. And then a lot of Ham's kids is where a lot of the satanic worship comes from. Before the flood, when the angels mated with man, they created giants with that, their offspring, their children, the three, the 3,000 cubit human beings, right? So because those, according to Enoch, because those beings were made of half spirit and half flesh and not created in, by God or in his image, that they then would be evil spirits that roam the earth. And now I'm going to read you this because I feel like it is important for you to understand, especially if you're over here dabbling in tarot cards and Ouija boards and witchcraft things, thinking it's innocent, what you're allowing in your life, because these demons are disembodied spirits after the flood and they seek a place to dwell. And that's what Canaan did is he allowed them to dwell with him and his family and their satanic rituals sacrificing children, all the things started back then and continue on today. There is nothing new under the sun. There is nothing to fear because we're not dealing with with literal physical giants right now, like Noah was and his kids and his kids' kids. And I don't know how long it took for us to get down to where we're at the size wise, but there's still tall people around. There's still giants around. And I do know that Around the 1900s, a lot of them got taken out, which I find very interesting as well. And because, before I read the book of Enoch, because these giants taught heavenly knowledge to their wives and their kids, that is why we had heavenly technology, free electricity. These people understood the way the earth worked. They understood how to build big, huge castles and mansions to live in 
and have free electricity. They didn't pay power bills and water bills and all the things. They had the water plant on power plant at built. They built it right there. And then when the new world order people came along, the Rothschilds, the robber barons of my last episode, they then renamed the buildings, put their names on it, took away the free electricity like a bunch of idiots, and then paid for it and couldn't afford these big buildings anymore. So then they all had to get turned into museums and institutions. And they probably still to this day cost way more money than they should unless they had the free quote unquote electricity that we just don't know about still going, which they probably do in some of these places. Anyways, rabbit trails left and right. Let's read about these demons. And then I'm going to play you a little bit about of this flat earth debate to just give an example of how we can all just mature as the church. And again, I give no, no blame to Dean Odell. A lot of people do. They're like, well, they both could. I Dean to me was up class, upright, upstanding. I like him though. I always have this other guy never liked. As soon as I saw his little affair, the way he treats people, I'm just like, this guy's a jerk. So, you know, we're allowed to have our personal opinions. And that's my personal opinion about these two people. So I was ready to see how this debate would go. I watched all four hours of it. And there was some, you know, parts where I thought Greg put out some interesting f- facts, but he just skirted, danced into the typical Christianese around everything. And I'm just sick of it. And I'm glad it got exposed. And I'm glad people saw it. But I'll play you a little bit of that too. Hold on. Here we go. Okay, I just saw this. I don't, it's so cool too. The The Bible, it's a living And what I mean by that are the words live. And so when you read them and you just, you don't have this closed boxed idea about what it says or what it's supposed to say, because you were taught by some religion, but you actually read it on your own with your own open eyes and ask God too. say, God, show me what you want to show me, reveal what you want to reveal me, open these scriptures to me, because otherwise it's going to be boring. You're going to read it like a chore. God's not boring. This is not a chore to learn and understand the meaning of our creation, the background of our creation. That's another thing Dean kept, or not Dean, the Greg guy kept saying is, I don't care about NASA. Yes, you do. You believe it. I don't care about uh, what anybody says, but the word of God, but you don't, when it, what it says, we're on a firm foundation says we don't move unless God shakes us. Like what do we skip over that part? I mean, I don't know. I, that's why I feel like, how can we even have a four hour debate about this? To me, it was two hours of Dean proving the truth and an hour and a half of what's his face trying to just be a jerk and then kicking Dean out. I was like, okay, way to go. So this chapter, I'm all over the place today. I'm sorry. I'm just excited to do this podcast, but uh, hopefully it will be comprehensive and make sense to y'all. But I'm in chapter six of Enoch and it's interesting because the Bible, they say the first five chapters are written by Moses and uh, I find that interesting because in Genesis 6, just like Enoch 6, it's the same exact verse. And it says this, And it came to pass when the children of men had multiplied that in those days were born to them beautiful and fair daughters. And the angels of the Son of Heaven saw and lusted after them and said to one another, Come, let us choose wives among the children of men and have children with them. And Simjaza, who was their leader, said to them, I fear, fear you will not agree to do this deed. And I alone shall have to pay for the penalty of this great sin. And they all answered and said to him, let us swear an oath and bind ourselves by a mutual curse. So they cursed themselves, right? They didn't, they didn't get cursed. They right there bound themselves to a mutual curse 
So we will not abandon this plan, but do this thing. So they knew what they were doing was not a good thing, but they were so just willing to do it that they didn't care about the curse that was going to come. They all swore together. They bound themselves by mutual curses and they in all were 200 when who descended in the days of Jared. And it says in um, that the days of Jared were the days that the children of Seth started to descend from the mountain. What it sounds like to me from reading all these ancient texts is that uh, the garden of Eden was at the top of this mountain when they when Adam and Eve were removed from Eden, they weren't too far off. They're pretty close to it still. As they learned to relive in this new, um, not paradise, because Eden was literally paradise. When they were taken out of that, they had to relearn how to, you know, not be ashamed of being naked. Not, you know, learning how to eat because they weren't spiritual beings. They weren't light beings anymore. They had to learn to do all these things that we do because now we die. So, um, they all started to descend when Canaan killed Abel. I'm jumping all over again. When Canaan killed Abel, Cain was sent off and he descended down the mountain and the children of Cain started to just get at it, get after it. So when the angels came, those were the children of Cain and likely why Canaan was the cursed generation after the flood because it's ran through the family. So anyways, the children of Cain are who these angels were having uh, these interactions with. So it says um, this was in the summit of Mount Hermon and they called it Mount Hermon because it, they had sworn and bound themselves by mutual curses on the act. And these are the names of their leaders. Simlaza, I might say these all wrong, but that's okay. Uh, so it's Samlaza, their leader, Archibela, Ramel, Cocabella, Tamel, Ramel, Dun, Daniel, Ezekiel, Baraquagel, <laughs> Baraquagel, I don't know, guys. Um, Azel, get the book of Enoch and read it for yourself. Aramos, it's free online too, by the way. Bartwell, Anel, Zequel, Sempel, Saturel, Terrell. Jo Jomel, Sarel, these are their chiefs of ten. And all of them together went and took wives for themselves, each choosing for himself, and they began to go in them and to defile themselves with sex with them. Okay, so we know that. You know what I love about the Bible? It's like the Game of Thrones. It's just gore, giants, sex with people you're not supposed to, learning why, like, it's... <laughs> It's not, you know, it's not a PG book for sure, but it's a book I really think everybody should read. And who likes PG anyway, except for children. Okay, it says, and the angels taught them charms and spells and cutting of roots and made them acquainted with plants. And the women became pregnant and they bear large giants. So it doesn't just say giants. It says large giants because there's already giants whose height was around 3,000 cubits. We already talked about that. The giants consumed all the work and toil of men. And when men could no longer sustain them, the giants turned against them and devoured mankind. And they began to sin against birds and beasts and reptiles and fish and devour one another's flesh and drink blood. And the earth laid accusation against the lawless ones. 
chapter 8. And Azel taught men to make swords and knives and shields and breastplates and taught them about metals of the earth and the art of working them and bracelets and ornaments and the use of an, atad, an autonomy and the beautifying, beautifying of eyelids and all kinds of precious stones and the coloring and dyes. And there were great impity and they turned away from God and committed fornication and they led they were led astray and become corrupt in their ways. Simjaza taught the casting of spells, root cutting. Armorosa taught counter spells, release from spells. Barkajel taught astrology. Cocabel taught collations. Es Esquel, the knowledge of the clouds. Erquel, the signs of the earth. Semjazel, the signs of the sun. Sariel, the course of the moon. Oh, look at that. There's another one. The course of the moon, because it moves, not us. And as men perished, they cried, and their cry went up to heaven, because God's above us, because he cares about us. Chapter 9. And then Michael, Uriel, Raphael, and Gabriel looked down, because they're above us, and from heaven and saw much blood being shed on earth and all lawlessness being done on earth. And they said to each other, let the cries from destruction of earth ascend up to the gates of heaven. And now to you, the holy ones of heaven, the souls of men, make their petition, saying, Bring our cause before the Most High. And they said, the Lord, they said to the Lord of ages, the Lord of lords, the God of gods, the King of kings, and the God of the ages, the throne of your glory endures through all generations of ages, and your name holy and glorious and blessed to all the ages." You have made all things, you have the power over all things, and all things are revealed and opened in your sight, and you see all things, and nothing can hide itself from you. Look at what Azel has done, who hath taught in righteousness on the earth, and revealed the internal secrets which were made and kept in heaven, which men were striving to learn. And Simjaza, who taught spells, and whom you gave authority to rule over his associates, and they have gone into the daughters of men on earth, and they have had sex with them and with the women and defiled themselves and revealed to them all kinds of sins. And the women have borne giants, and the whole earth has thereby been filled with the blood of unrighteousness. And now behold, the souls of those who have died and are crying out, making their petition to the gate of heaven. I believe that's very literal. I believe heaven has gates. I believe God believes in walls because you guys... He's just. If everyone got into heaven, he wouldn't be just. It's just the way God is. He's just and merciful. You should read how many times he's like, please stop, guys. Come back, guys. Hello. Here's another 120 years cave. Hello. Here we are. Still to this day, people turning their backs. Ah, there's no God. There's no meaning to any of this. <laughs> Poor people. Poor people. I feel so bad for people who don't believe in God. I really do. Because I, I, like I said, I don't believe in religion. I think it sucks. But God, oof, all things possible through God. All right. So where was I? Um, so they made at the gates of heaven and their lament has ascended because it went up and cannot cease because of the lawless deeds which are done on earth. And you know all things before they come to pass, and you see these things, and you have permitted them, and say nothing to us about these things. What are we to do about these things? Before I continue reading, I want you to notice that it took petitions of the people, the angels that are watching over us, and all we had to do was go to Father and be like, hey, enough of this. 
and get the, guess what God does? And the most high, the great and holy one, because guess what he did not create is robots. That's right. We have a free choice down here on this earth. And those women that chose to have sex with those men or those angels chose to cross that line. And you're going to hear what happens to them because it's an interesting story. So anyways, uh, <laughs> I like to go off. I think that most people that listen to my podcast know this by episode 50, whatever, but I didn't get to go off last week and I was missing y'all is missing talking to you, missing sharing all these things that I was learning. Um, because when I learned that Adam was 90 feet tall, my whole perspective changed. I'm like, Oh, well, duh. <laughs> and then I started reading the books differently because each time God opens another scale off our eyes or opens our eyes a little more each time we wake up to something new it helps us perceive the world we're in in more truth and god wants us to live in truth he doesn't want us to live in this big fat stupid rockefeller lie that we've all been living in and the more we all see the truth and start to study the truth we can share it and learn from each other because i learn from people every single day and i'm always thankful that they posted that tiktok or that they posted that youtube video or shared that podcast because there's so many of us that do this and feel that why are we doing this and i know my why but if you don't then you know if you're just doing it for money or this and that then good luck okay so, um, cannot cease laws. These are done on earth. What do we do about these things? And then that then said the most high, the great one, the holy one, Uriel, go to the son of Lamech, say to him, go to Noah and tell him in my name, hide yourself and reveal to him. The end is approaching and that the whole earth will be destroyed. And the flood is about to come on the whole earth and it will destroy everything on it. And now instruct him as to what he must do to escape that this is his offspring, that his offspring may be preserved for all generations of the world. And again, the Lord spoke to Raphael, bind Azazel and hand and foot and cast him into the darkness and split open the desert, which is in Dudel and cast him in and fill the hole by covering him with rough and jagged rocks and cover him with darkness and let him live there forever and cover his face that he may not see the light. And on the day of the great judgment, he shall be hurled into the fire and heal the earth, which the angels have ruined and proclaim the healing of the earth. For I will restore the earth and heal the plague that not all of the children of men may perish through the secret things that the watchers have disclosed and taught their sons. And the whole earth has been corrupted through the works that were taught by Azazel to him ascribe all sin. And that's in caps. To Gabriel, said the Lord, proceed against the bastards and the reprobates and against the children of fornication and destroy the children of fornication and the children of the watchers and cause them to go against one another that they may destroy another in a battle and shorten their days. No request that the watchers their fathers make of you shall be granted to them on their behalf, for they hope to live an eternal life that each one of them will live 500 years. And the Lord said to Michael, go bind Sinjaza and his team who have associated with women and have defiled themselves in all their uncleanliness with when their sons have slain one another and they have seen destruction of their beloved ones, bind them fast for 70 generations under the hills of the earth until the day of consummation of their judgment and until the eternal judgment is accomplished. 500 years is 70 generations, just so you know. And in those days, they shall be led off to the abyss of fire and to the torment of the prison, which they shall be confined forever. 
Then Shemjaza shall be burnt up with the condemned, and they will be destroyed, having been bound together with them to the end of all generations. Destroy all the spirits of lust and the children of the watchers, because they have wrought or they have wronged mankind. Destroy all wrong from the face of the earth, and let every evil work come to an end, and let the earth be planted with righteousness. The plant of righteousness and the truth appear, and it shall prove a blessing. The works of righteousness and truth shall be planted in truth and joy forevermore. And all the generations of righteousness survive and shall live until they begot thousands of children. And all the days of their youth and their old age shall they complete in peace. And then shall the whole earth be untilled in righteousness and shall be planted with the trees and be full of blessing. And all the desirable trees shall be planted on it, and they shall plant vines on it. And the vine, when they plant, shall yield fruit of abundance. As for the seed which is sown, each measure of it shall bear a thousand, and each measure of olives shall yield ten presses of oil. You shall cleanse the earth from all oppression, from all unrighteousness, and from all sin, and from on all ungodliness. Godlessness, it says, actually. And all the uncleanness and brought that is brought on the earth, and you shall destroy it from off the face of the earth. And the children of men shall become righteous, and all nations shall offer adoration and praise, shall praise me. I cannot wait for this time. <laughs> and all shall worship me, and the earth shall be cleansed from all defilement, from all sin, from all punishment, and from all torment. And I will never again send another flood from this generation to all generations and forever. And in those days, I will open up storehouses of blessings in heaven and rain down blessings on earth. That's where I believe we are right now, y'all. And over the work and labor of the children of men, truth and peace shall unite throughout the days of the world and throughout the generations, all generations of men. Then Enoch disappeared and none of the children of the men knew where he was hidden. So I'm going to fast forward a little bit. Like I said, you should get the book or listen to it free of mine. Now I'm in Enoch 15. I'm going to jump down to, let's just start here at chapter six. Uh, so 15, six, but you are formerly spiritual living the internal life and immortal for all generations of the world. Therefore, I have not appointed wives for you. You are spiritual beings of heaven and in heaven was your dwelling place. And now the giants who are proceeded from the spirits and flesh shall be called evil spirits on earth. And they shall live on earth. Evil spirits have come from out of their bodies because they are born from men and the holy watchers. Their beginnings is of primal origin. They shall be evil spirits on earth and evil spirits shall they be called spirits of the evil ones. As for the spirits in heaven, in heaven shall be their dwelling. But as for the spirits of the earth, which were born on the earth, on the earth shall be their dwelling. And the spirits of the giants afflict, oppress, destroy, attack, war, destroy again, and cause trouble on the earth. Sound familiar? They take no food, but do not hunger or thirst. They cause offenses, but are not observed. And these spirits shall rise up against the children of men, against the women, because they have proceeded from them in the days of the slaughter and destruction. And at the death of giants, spirits will go out. They shall destroy without incurring judgment, Coming from their bodies, flesh shall be destroyed until the days of consummation. The great judgment in which the age shall be consummated over the watchers and the godless 
and shall be wholly consummated. And now to the watchers who have sent you to intercede for them who have been in heaven before, say to them, you were in heaven, but all the mysteries of heaven had not been revealed to you. You knew worthless ones and these and in these, the hardness of your hearts, you have made known to the women. And through these mysteries, women and men work much evil on earth. Say to them, therefore, you have no peace. Woo. Can you imagine God saying that to you? Because what he says to us, his children, is you have peace. I give you peace. Just come to me. I will give you rest. Those who are heavy, laden, and tired. God is so good, you guys. Learn the goodness of God, not religion. Religion is not good. And it will turn people so quickly away from your Savior. And when I say your Savior, he went on that cross and did that act. So you didn't have to do any confessions or any Hail Marys to get to heaven. You had to know the goodness of that sacrifice, accept it and accept and the and acknowledge that it was done for you on your behalf. That's so simple. It's called a gift. You know how many people have that gift right sitting at the front door? It's like Christmas right now. So let's just visualize this. You have the gift of eternal life wrapped up on a box underneath your tree. You could live forever. I mean, I see so many people wanting to live forever, getting all the things done, right? Especially women. Fake, 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 everything fake. But you actually have this real gift that's not fake underneath the tree. And so many people choose not to open it because they have their backs bent like that horse. They're beat down people through, half of them through religion. You should hear the things that I've heard people say came from priests. A priest said that to you, dad? Are you serious? I can't remember exactly what he said, but he basically told my dad he was worthless as a little boy. Can you imagine a little boy? My dad was born and raised Catholic, so was my mom. And... Be, both of them have horror stories, being beaten by nuns and it's a terrible story. I mean, it, that is not showing the glory of God to any child. And that right there would bend a horse's back. Ugh, drives me nuts. But that's why I'm here, guys. I'm here to help you learn the difference between religion and the cl true glory of this God that I serve and how wonderful he is. And yeah, and okay. So, uh, there's one last part I want to read to you guys because the other day I was listening to a podcast called Blurry Creatures and they talk a lot about supernatural stuff and Bigfoot and things like that, which I now believe there's Bigfoots. I believe there's I well, Sasquatch. There's actually a tribe that was here, Native America, uh, that was very similar name to that Sasquatch. And they were tall people, according to the early explorers that killed everybody. Anyways back to the blurry creatures podcast they had this guest on and he's on tiktok and he was talking about how he's a sailor and um done this his whole life like he knows the ocean like truckers know the highway he just knows knows it and recently i believe it was in the last few years like the last couple of years uh within 2020 he was out on the boat and he heard a siren and a siren, if you don't know, is the mermaid on the Starbucks sign. And when he was telling the story, I was like, man, maybe mermaids are real. And then you hear it and it sounds like she goes, jump for me. Ah! I'll play it for you guys. And it's just weird. And so um, I'm like, well, maybe they're, maybe they're real. Because that's, yeah, that's crazy. That sounds like a woman for sure. And then 
this, it's like God confirmed it for me. The next day, I'm doing some research on giants and uh, reading through all the, the books that were taken out of the Bible and Enoch being one of my favorites. And I read this and I was like, you got to be kidding me. It says, and Uriel said to me, this is Enoch chapter 19. And Uriel said to me, the angels who have had sex with women shall stand here and their spirits having assumed many different forms, shapeshifters, are defiling mankind and shall lead them astray into sacrificing to demons as gods. Here shall they stand until the day of great judgment in which they shall be judged and made of end of. And the women also of angels who were sent who who went astray shall become sirens hmm. interesting right so yeah if you think mermaids are good according to the book of enoch they're, di- they're demons or angels who went astray i wouldn't deal with them um but here now i'm going to play you those last three clips because look i've already gone off almost an hour um so i'm going to play you the clip from tiktok right now of the that mermaid and then I am going to, oh, and t- another thing, you should go listen to the full episode on Blurry Creatures. But he said that after he heard this voice, that he could not get it out of his head, especially when he was in water. It's so much so that he had to go to see a counselor because he was like, what's going on with me? What's happening? It said it took him like three months, I think, to get her screech out of his head. And he said he thought it sounded beautiful. Um, I I don't, I wouldn't use that word exactly, but... I'm going to play it from my phone. Hopefully it comes through because um, I don't have I record I screen recorded it from his TikTok TikTok this gentleman's TikTok handle is at so the at sign S-A-U-C-E dot 90 if you want to go hear it for yourself on TikTok. All right, here we go. Let me unmute this. Here we go. Allegedly screamed jump for me. Here's the clip. I swear when you watch this clip, you will see like a group of mermaids swimming next to the ship that I don't even think he saw, but it's, yeah, it's interesting. Okay. So with this flat earth debate, you can find, I'll link all this um, below, but you can find this full debate on uh, YouTube and it's, it's, it's a valuable debate to listen to for the most part. But the whole reason I'm sharing today is because I feel like as Christians, we need to do better in the world because if we act like the world and fight about everything, just like everybody else, how is anybody going to ever change? And we're at a pivotal point right now where we need to step it up. Like I've really learned to not react on comments. Whenever someone gets comments, uh, angry with me on my, the one social media platform I've left, which is TikTok. They, I have Instagram and all that, but I'm barely on it. Um, but they, get so triggered if you don't they don't believe and it's just like i'm not here to make you believe i'm here to just shake you up a little bit and make your brain think because school's taken that away from us school has made it be like if you don't get the answer right if you don't get his story answer right then you're not right so you don't have the ability to question things for many generations and it needs to stop and that's how this debate started we need to but then he doesn't walk his talk by the end and I'll play you this. So let's walk our talk. Let's talk our let's talk let's be real Christians. Let's be people people can count on and be like, yeah, I, those are real people with changed hearts, not 
yeah, no, he has an affair with his wife, and that one's fighting with that one, and then, yeah, this one's talking crap about that one. It's like, let's literally be the change, Christians. Let's do better, Christ believers. Okay, so I've made a little video on my TikTok. I'm going to play this off my phone. I hope it sounds clear for you guys. Um, but here's how it started. have to, you know, drag anybody out. And so let's just all be uh, friends and family. Listen, the worst thing about this culture, one of really the top three worst things about this culture, is we think that disagreement is automatic discrimination. We can disagree and be okay about some things. Right. That you're here. Uh, we even have people outside that aren't happy to be here. I'm not sure why they showed up, but they're here nonetheless. And uh, I promise everyone will be uh, well protected and respected tonight in this uh, discussion and in this debate. So uh, I want to say uh, just a word before I bring up my friend, and I do mean my friend. Uh, many of you don't. We're going to get started, and we're really going to have a good time tonight. Might get lively. Might get a little dicey, but it's going to be fun, right? It's going to be fun. We're going to let the Word of God do its work. And, and we're coming tonight from a strictly Christian perspective. But listen to me. As much as in this room there are great levels of varying degrees of disagreement, understand that at the end of the day, we want to leave being friends, being Christians, being somewhat unified as we can. We will, as believers, attack perhaps ideas and i believe in the 66 i don't know about all this the whole galaxies if there are people in this room that believe the earth is stationary but want to convince me of upward acceleration instead of gravity that's not true nobody believes that There's surely do. Believes it that I to misplace no. gravity do you hear it no we don't no no that's the flat earth society they're controlled opposition they believe a bunch of nonsense like a pancake so the flat earth so that's not what we believe okay so y'all don't get along with the flat earth society no they're what do you call them shields yeah exactly. so it's not so what i'm getting at is we can do like i said we can do this little argument right here all day long but i didn't come to i didn't come to argue like this I mean, I mean, maybe you want to make a show out of it, but I'm not here to argue like... I just want to answer the questions that I don't have the answers to, that I'm trying to figure out. Well, I gave... They're I, very simple questions. Very... very I, I, you know, no, no, you're not going to play... Look, here's what you're doing. You're playing this little game here with me. You don't have an answer. You don't have an answer for... Because what? I'm not a flat earther. Hold, no, hold on, hold on. You don't, I'm talking about your model. You do not have an answer as to why we've been flying through this ever-expanding universe at 500 million. Uh, oh, I do have an answer. Hold on. And the stars never change in our view, ever. That's not true. That is true. There is no laser weapon shooting from a Navy ship doing this to hit a missile moving at Mach 4. I'm sorry, but the Navy admits by that the Earth is level and non-rotating. I, I can assure you... The United States military does not admit that the earth is flat. And if it does, then how come you can't trust them, but now you can trust them? You see, you only trust people. I already people. answered that question. You only trust people that are on your side. You never trust anybody that has an opposing side. Not true. That 100% true. I've listened, to, I've listened to all kinds of people about this stuff. I've interviewed all kinds of people. I guarantee you I've done far more research than you have on this issue. Oh, I guarantee you after this debate, I'll never research this foolishness again. I can promise you that right now. Well, see, that means you've already made up your mind. I have made up my mind because I'm about to show you from the Bible God's made up his mind. I 
I love to see that. But you're about to. Because I know you can't do but it. But you get to go first. So get your computer and get that thing hooked up because I got a lot of questions I could ask. First of all, let's say this. And by the way, I'm just going to add this in. You know, when we came this weekend, I was hoping that things would stay sweet and nice between us, but it's not the case. And so what I did was I rented a room at the, uh, at the Marriott for tomorrow morning if anybody wants to come have church with Fire and Grace Church. Absolutely. Because I'm not going to sit here under this kind of belligerent attacks and calling people names and stuff like that. I'm just not going to, I can't, I can't come back here because of it. Okay. All right. But here, you can do it, but I can't be abrasive. And because then that hurts everybody's feelings. That's okay. I get it. I get it. Hold on a second. I get it. Has anybody, has anybody, I've never called you a clown. You called, when you got up talking about this a few weeks ago, you said. Hey, quit saying a few weeks ago. That was the first time I ever even mentioned it. I'm talking about tonight. Tonight you have been insulted. And, and, and I wanted to keep it nice. And listen, let me say this very, let me say this very clearly. Let me say this very clearly. You told me that I was involved in a deception. You are. And then when I say it, you're like, oh, my goodness. No, that's fine. My feelings are hurt. We believe each other's deceived in there. That's fine. But when you say moronic, idiotic, when you start going down. I didn't call you or anybody that. I said we attack ideologies. And as far as I'm concerned, the ideology is moronic. All right. Let me let me let me show you where you were. This this is the kind of stuff. Is that okay? You started this out in Hebrews 11.3. I took a little note here. It says, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that which, uh, so the things which are seen are not made but things which appear. Now, his argument was that the term worlds here means the planets, the solar system. The word here, if he looked it up in the Greek dictionary, he'd find out it doesn't mean anything like that. In fact, the word is the Greek word eon, which means ages or time periods, not planets. So that that you just did, but that verse is deception and error. Well, then explain the two verses that I used that led into that verse, because they did prove that we are the only habitable planet amongst many. No, no, no. Well, first of all, the word planet does not exist. It's used one time in the King James Version, and that's a mistranslation because the actual... It's always a mistranslation when it doesn't Hebrew fit word, your side. The it's actual, always a mistranslation. The actual Hebrew word is mazalah, which means constellations, not planets. And that's a fact. And that's not a fact. Then you're deceived. All right? If me being deceived means I believe in a spherical earth, I'm deceived, and you can just go ahead and leave and cancel this debate right now because you're not going to convince me what the Bible clearly says. The earth is not flat 1,000%, and if I got people in our church that think it is, that's great. I love you, but if you want to go to his little service in the morning, then go to his service in the morning. It's not going to bother me one bit. The earth is not flat. It was disproven 2,500 years ago. You can't show me one verse in the Bible that proves that the earth is flat. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. We're not going to get anywhere else because here's the problem. You use two hours of PowerPoint presentation and your people are quiet. I use an hour and 15 minutes of the Bible and they get mad and start throwing maters and taters at me. Okay? All right. So. Here, here's the deal. Let me just say this. And I, I will. I'm, I'm walking out now. But I want to say this. Oh, listen. Your, your folks are standing up yelling, go, get out. Okay. You know what? That's fine with me. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I gave you the scriptures. He gave you his version. It's well, always somebody else's hold version. On, hold on, hold on. 
No, no, this you, is nonsense. You came up with your scriptures and gave your interpretation of them. I gave mine. I gave you the Bible interpretation. I gave you the Bible. I gave more Bible than you did for a fact right there. All right. Oh, really? That's a fact. Well, I'll tell you what. How about, how about in your rebuttal, I'll keep my mouth shut and you tell me how wrong I was about your misapplication of the ring stamping no, 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 no. in yeah, Job yeah. chapter 38. First of all. Hello? Is it sunrise or not? Not. Not at all. I don't agree with you. Turn his mic off. Get out. You're a Bible denier. You're a Bible denier. That is ridiculous. Bible denier. Just get out. Get the band up here. Woo! Let's worship the Lord. I ain't putting up with this nonsense no more. I gave you our platform. Yeah, y'all want to get up here with a bunch of nonsense. Come up here, band. Let's worship the Lord. We're going to... We're going to actually do something spiritual in this room tonight instead of talk about flat earth nonsense. And by the way, if you go to this church and you're upset about me taking the Bible in its context and dealing with it, and you're going to keep sowing that discord, don't ever come back. That's all I'm going to tell you right now. Don't, I'm not listening. It's a last day's deception. I do not care if this is a UFC smackdown to the mat. I would highly suggest that people keep their mouth shut, get in their car, and go where they need to be. We'll see you at 1030 in the morning. We're going to have a packed house, and we're going to preach what the Bible says. If you believe the Bible... If that didn't make you want to throw up a little bit in your mouth, then <laughs> I don't know what will, because that is my number one pet peeve. When you get mad at somebody because you don't believe what they believe. So you start calling them names and idiots and uneducated. I went through it all in 2020. And all it did was make me keep on trucking and keep on searching and keep on looking to God for answers because he's the only one that has them. And he wrote them all down for us. And he's not a mystery. He doesn't. When I was praying about exposing, you know, this giant thing, and then he revealed to me the size of Adam, I was like, well, that makes complete sense. That makes sense why the ark's big, why all these buildings, ancient buildings are huge, why all these ancient statues are huge, you know, why there's Easter Island. It all makes sense. And it makes sense why there's giant, why they're hiding giants, because they don't want people to understand where we come from. Right? And now, you know, thousands, hundreds of years later, after being broken and broken spiritually over and over again, you know, with this Native American thing with these Indian schools and all this, I, I'm, I can't get over that. I can't get over the fact what they did and broke these people. It, it's absolutely incredible. It's, it's incredible. I can't believe that we think Abraham Lincoln's a great dude and he's not. Like, there's so many things that I'm waking up to each and every day that I just am honestly like, wow. But at the end of all of it, I know that this is God's story, not his story, right? This is God's story. This is pre preordained, pre preordained. But do you realize there's going to be a time where there's going to be no more generations, that there's going to be an end to that. And then we are just going to dwell with the generations that he made, right? I, wow, it's incredible. I'm going to end this podcast with prayer like I always do, but I'm also going to end one of the best spiritual stories I've ever heard in my entire life. So I'll, I'll leave that at the very end here. Thank you, God, so much for the ability to put these podcasts out, for the ability to um, have time to, to talk, to, to research, to um, share. I just thank you so much, Lord, that this podcast is your podcast. And I just pray that you give it to the people you want to give it to the people that have ears to hear it that that will learn or benefit from it because this is all in your glory may your 
glory be done from generation to generation until there is no more generations and we all just dwell with you. Oh, what a happy time, Lord. I just pray for this blood shed that has been all over the face of this earth, that you heal and cleanse our land, that you anoint it with your holy oil, that people start to understand how powerful their words are in prayer and how teach us how to target focus prayer and just really laser focus and blast away our enemies. Lord, may they be gone sooner than later. Lord, may you heal and restore the United States of America, along with every other country that's listening and every other country that's not. This whole world is yours and may you restore everything under your feet. In Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Don't go away. Listen to the story. It is poof, a good one. I love you all, even though I don't know you. Have a blessed week. We'll see each other in heaven, if not sooner. To myself this morning, I want you to know that. I wish I did a lot better in these areas. And I'm working on it. Thank you for your compassion and your prayers. But boy, when I think of the degree to which the Holy Spirit has to keep on working with me, it's just like, oh, Jesus, help me. Let me tell you a, a story that forever impacted my life. I was preaching in Timisoara, Romania, at the largest Romanian uh, spirit-filled church in the nation. And the pastor's name is Daniel Mate. Some of you know him. And uh, he's a wonderful guy. Uh, he was imprisoned under Ceausescu, the communist re leader of uh, Romania years ago. And he suffered immensely and was beaten and, and uh, tortured and... Uh, I had heard his testimony uh, through other people in Romania, but I wanted to hear it from him. And so one night uh, after the service, I said, Daniel, will you tell me your testimony uh, of how you got, first of all, out of prison, how you got out of Romania? He said, well, he said, they were just torturing me, and I'd already decided that I would give my life for Christ because I, I didn't think they would ever let me out. So one day they just came and said, you can go home now. He said, I thought that doesn't make sense. He said, I went home and that my wife, she, she had thought the same thing that she probably lost her husband as a martyr. He said, I walked in, Doina was in the kitchen and she just began to cry tears of joy and said, Oh, Daniel, Daniel, uh, uh, why did they let you go? And he said, I, I don't know. She said, well, what happened? He said, they just walked in and said, you can go home now. Well, everybody knows that doesn't make sense in a communist dictatorship that is trying to eradicate Christianity. And he's a strong Christian leader. So they hugged and kissed, and she was all excited. She said, oh, I, I'm going to make you your favorite meal. She said, give me an hour. I'll make you your favorite meal. So he said, I'm going to go out to the field and pray because this doesn't make sense. So he goes out to the field to pray. This is his testimony. He said, and as I was praying, the Holy Spirit said to me, this is a trick. They let you out for one reason. They're going to come back and arrest you and Doina and anybody that you've contacted with. And they're going to execute you. 
And he thought, oh, I better call, go tell Doina about it. And he said, the Holy Spirit said, don't talk to her. If you talk to her, they'll execute her. I've planned an escape for you. He said, I'm sending a person now that will ask you if you want to escape from Romania. Now, please understand this. In Romania at the time, one out of every three people was a communist informant. That meant in any group of three, one of them would turn you in for money, e even if they knew it was going to lead to your death. So in a setting like that, you need to be real careful who you talk to. So he's out in the field. Lord said, I'm sending somebody to you. Turns around, some guy's walking across the field toward him. Never seen the guy before. Guy walks up and says, would you like to escape from Romania? Now, if he's a communist informant, the answer is, oh, heck no, I love it here. Right? Uh, but if he's a sincere Christian, of course you want to escape from Romania. The Holy Spirit already told him they, they were planning to execute him. So he said, yes, I want to escape. He says, follow me. They walked out of the pasture, walked a little ways. There's a car there. The guy says, get in the car. He got in the car, never seen the driver before. Driver didn't say anything. Driver just started driving. And the guy that came to fetch him walked down the road. They drove for a long ways and pulled over behind another car. He said, get out of my car, get into his car. He said, what, 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 why, where does he take me? We don't talk about those things. He get into his car. Went and got into the other guy's car, back seat. They drove for a long ways without talking. And the guy said, we, we, don't, don't, we don't talk. We don't talk. Uh, don't ask any questions. Don't tell me anything. We don't talk about these things. They drove for a long ways. Happened a third time. Got in another car. They drove for a long ways. Suddenly, they're at the border of Romania, which was one of the most fortified borders in the world at the time. It was also, there was a border uh, parameter that if anyone was found in that uh that, that it was a one mile parameter. If you were inside that mile, you would be arrested and executed for trying to escape Romania. If you were just even found there. So the car pulls right up to where he can see the border and says, get out. And he says, well, what, what, why? He said, we don't talk about those things. You get out here. He got out and he's looking at the border thinking, I am now officially duck soup. I, I'm in this uh, no man's zone that it's the death penalty to be here. By the way, have you noticed that they're trying to limit where you go in America these days? I don't limit what countries you go to. If they have their way, they'll, they'll uh, make you have special applications to get out of state and, and in, uh, in Romania at the time, you could not leave your county. And so anyway, uh, <clears throat> so now he's st standing here th thinking, I, I wonder if I'm, I missed God and I talked to the wrong guy. And this is the setup that the Holy Spirit told me they're, they're going to set you up to kill you. So he's looking at the border. How many think that'd be a really good time to pray? <laughs> looking at the border, he's praying and the 
the voice of the Holy Spirit, you know God's talking to you when you think thoughts that are smarter than you. And that's how God talks, is strong impressions in your mind. That's why the Bible says we have access to the mind of Christ. So anyway, he's praying, and all of a sudden this thought comes. Just walk right through the border, I'll protect you. Now, either that is very strategic or very stupid. There's nothing in the middle there, right? But he had learned to recognize the voice of God. And so he just started walking right toward the border. And when he got close, these guys standing there with machine guns, with their big guard dogs on either side of them. He said they, they just were looking around like they were searching for someone that was infringing on the, the uh, one-mile border but couldn't find anybody. He said, I walked right up to him. He said, I kept looking down, saying, I, I can see me. How come they can't see me? He said, I walked right between two guards with machine guns, with guard dogs on either side. Neither the guards nor the dogs saw me walk through. That I walked right through the most secure border in the world at the time, and I found myself on the other side thinking, huh, wonder how that happened. When he got on the other side, a guy says, are you Daniel Monte? He said, yeah. He says, I'm supposed to take you to a pickup point. There's a pastor from America that knew you were coming, and, and he's been asking about you, and he's going to take you to America. And that's how Daniel Monte got from communist prison to John Osteen's church in Texas. And from there, of course, he's had an amazing impact throughout the world, particularly in, in uh, areas where there's a strong presence of an underground church. And, um, and he still pastors out of Timisoara, Romania, and um, serves in the underground church. Now, I heard that story years ago as a young man. And it was an overwhelming story to me. And so I said to him, Daniel, how is it possible to hear God's voice that accurately? There's, like, there's no margin for boo-boos in that story I just told you. And I'll never forget what he said. He put his hand on my shoulder and said, well, David... I think you hear better when your life depends upon it. 